Coming up on today's episode of the Hey Girlfriend Podcast. It's important to heal the low self-esteem, the, the low confidence. It's important to heal all of those things so that you won't fall for it again. So that you will be more mindful about it. So that you will be more conscious about dating and not going in with your representative. Because really, it's both of you being your representative. Even though you want something for real, for you to get it because you're really really wanting it to come quickly you're really wanting it badly you're gonna have to put up some sort of representative because you're trying to make this person choose you trying to make this person stay you're trying to you may be a little less assertive because you're afraid of running them away so you're not going to be very assertive about what you want boundaries you're not you know you're going to be kind of toned down you're kind of not really bringing your real true self either because of that fear that you may be abandoned or not get them or it may not work and you really need this to work. Excuse me, can I please talk to you for a minute? When you're going through something, sometimes it helps to know that there is someone out there that understands you and what you're actually going through. It makes the healing journey a little easier. The creator of the I've Been That Girl social media community that currently has a growing number of followers and dearly known as girlfriends brings to you the Hey Girlfriend podcast. Tune in every Thursday to hear conversations that are honest, vulnerable, empathetic, and relatable hosted by author and mindset and intuitive coach Kendall D. These conversations are sure to empower you with more clarity and understanding about your own healing journey. Every episode will include Kendall sharing intimate parts of her personal healing journey from surviving toxic relationships to healing trauma to unlearning old conditioning and thinking patterns. Consider yourself now having a friend by your side that just gets you. Hey girlfriends, it's your girl, mindset and intuitive coach, Kendall D. Back with the Hair Girlfriend Podcast. Today's topic is all about love bombing and how to never fall for that shit again. And not only is it about never falling for it again, it's going to be about every aspect of it. Like I want to talk about how you can tell the difference between love bombing and if someone really genuinely is interested in you i want to talk about how to avoid it and prevent it and never have this shit happen to you again (laughs) and we're going to talk about how to heal from it and i think i'm going to keep it in that particular order we're going to see but you know how i go but i know those are the top three main things that i want to talk about because it's very very important to touch on everything because it's not just something that happens to you I should say it's not just something that really happens to you it, it's it's a manipulation tactic an emotional one and so it can cut deep so we're gonna get deep okay so as you all know I like to be relatable on here and so I wouldn't talk about love bombing if I had never gone through it myself And I want to talk about it because it happens more times than not. It can be confusing. Even after you trying to date in healthy spaces, I guess I would say, and date healthy people, you still (laughs) may be afraid of being love bombed again. You know, you may not know how to navigate the dating scene again because you're afraid of that happening. But there's ways to prevent it. We're going to talk about all that. But yeah, I've been through it um, twice. And... It's hard to break out of it because soon before you know it, you're in a toxic relationship, but you are still on the love bombing high, so to speak. And I want to talk about how that can be so addicting. I want to talk about all of it. And for me, I feel like my last relationship, the one with Sebastian, if y'all been listening to my podcast and following me, and you read Toxic X Chronicles John, my book, then you know who Sebastian is. I say that every time because I feel like when I say Sebastian, a new listener may be like, who? She talking about her ex for real? No, that's not his real name. But I feel like with him, that love bombing was the most. And to be honest, 
they say on like Google, if you Google it, they say, you know, you're being love bomb if it feels uncomfortable or it feels this or it feels like it's moving too fast and all of that. I didn't feel like the shit was moving fast. I thought it was okay. I wanted to go along with it. It felt great to me. It felt exciting to me to have this person like me. All of it felt good. And looking back, I realized there was some anxiousness there, but I normalized it. I didn't think anything was wrong with it. I just thought that this was how I was supposed to feel. I thought it was a part of love. It made me feel excitement. I mistaked it with butterflies and all of that. So it's like, no, sometimes you're not going to see that it's happening. And I'll tell you why also in this episode. I'm going to talk about all of that. I just wanted to say, point that out that it's not going to always be noticeable in your face. And it's okay. Okay? I just want to say that as well. If you've been love bombing, you fell for it. You're not stupid. You're not dumb. Don't. We're not doing that over here. We don't do tough love over here. I'm going to get into that healing part as well. So. Let's get into it without further ado, okay? So first up, y'all, let's talk about what love bombing is. What is love bombing? So love bombing is basically a strategy used to win a romantic target over by overwhelming them with a distracting amount of adoration, like like just it says a daily stream of gushing text early on in the relationship this is what wiki how says and not only that i want to add to that definition is that of course love bombing is a very common tactic for narcissists but not only that it's also common for just toxic people period and when i say toxic people um some people may love bomb unintentionally you know, some people may not actually be trying to be narcissistic to you, but when you have a skewed vision of ideal, I guess I would say what love is, or you're not sure how to get love, or you even maybe have low self-esteem, you're going to love bomb because that's the only tactic and way you know how to get what you want because you really want love, but you have no idea how to get it. And you don't feel that you are a good enough person to get it with just you being you. That's typically typically a narcissist too, but some people genuinely just don't know any other way to get someone. And so they try to love them and shower them with everything. Either way, it's still not okay. I just put it that way. But honestly, I feel like love bombers do have low self-esteem. And so what's happening is that they're trying to win you over or like it says in the definition I just read, not only win you over, but there's like they're trying to distract you from who they really are. They're using all of this fluff, so to speak, to distract you from either their real tactics of trying to take advantage of you or the fact that they don't feel good about themselves. So they're trying to just win you over with all of this grand gestures and shit like that okay so that's basically what they're doing it's not i was gonna say it's not real but to them it is it's the only thing they know how to do and sometimes they're not even aware that they're doing it and so if they're gonna start off like really really strong in the beginning to cover that all up and to make you feel like you know hey you know um I'm this and that. Make you like, you know, they're trying to make you like them. They try, most of the time, if a narcissist do it, they're trying to make you fall for them to stroke their ego to see if they can just pull you. It's like game to them. Like you're, like it's a sport. Like, let me see if I can get her to fall for me. And that's another thing that they're doing. They're just trying to be over the top to get you. So all of that is like love bombing. And love bombing is not only in the beginning. It can be intermittent. It can be throughout the relationship. It can be right after they do something to upset you. Right after a fight. Right after even physical abuse or mental abuse. It can be all of a sudden, you know, they're acting like they just need you and love you so much. It can be throughout. So not only in the beginning, it can be throughout and it can be very confusing. So, now that we know what love bombing is, let's get into how to know you're being love bombed. And not only how to know when you're being love bombed, but I'm also going to counter it with 
how how to know if someone is actually being genuine. And so I'm going to say basically the love bombing tactic that they're doing. And then I'm going to counter it with, okay, if they really are genuinely interested in you, they're going to be doing this and acting this way. Because I've been through both. And most of these are going to be things that actually happened to me. I may even give like little stories and little examples to go with it. Because these are actually things that I've gone through that actually happened to me both ways. Like the love bombing and the healthy um, the healthy interest. Because my husband now, I remember beginning, it was very, very different than anybody else that I've talked to. So... And that part can be a little scary as well, a little different because it's, let me just get into it because it can be, it can be a lot. <laughs> so, how to know you're being love bomb. Number one, you are going to feel a lot, a lot of butterflies. You're going to be very anxious, maybe even very excited. And you may be thinking like, okay, but what's wrong with that? You know, butterflies are good. You know what? Mm-mm. Butterflies are not always necessarily bad. I talked about this on my Instagram page before. And I had a lot of people arguing over it. I feel butterflies for my husband and this and that. I get it. I get it. So, the butterflies I mean are the ones that are anxious. The ones you feel in the very beginning when you're getting to know someone and barely know them. The ones you feel that just make you feel anxious. Not the butterflies like, you know, oh, I feel happy. Butterflies, I feel like it's just, it's like a lot of anxiousness. Because it's in your stomach and it's nervousness. That's really what it is. Butterflies really equal nervousness. So when other people counter it and say, well, I feel butterflies for my man and we have a healthy relationship. I don't think that really feeling, they're really feeling butterflies or nervousness or anxiousness. They're really feeling good, happy, calm feelings, excitement feelings, good excitement. Because technically, I wouldn't say I feel butterflies for my husband. But I will feel a sense of, I really love him. Still, it's been seven years. And I just be thinking about him or I see him do something just normal. Like, one time I seen him, like, don't laugh at me, y'all. Well, y'all can laugh. But, like, an example. One time, I'll never forget this time. I was um, in my sister's baby shower. This was years ago. And I was waiting on him because he was going to come through and show support too. And he even got her one of the gifts that she'd been needing and stuff. So he was being supportive. So I was waiting at the door, front door of the restaurant for him to come through. And he walked in. And I just looked at him because he had on shorts and had his legs out. And you know I love his legs. They're big and hairy, thick calves and all of that. And I was just like, I just smell. But it was calming feeling. I wasn't excited or nervous. I'll never forget that feeling. I was just like smiling like I really <laughs> like look at him like that. Not like, oh my gosh, oh, I'm nervous. Like, oh, I hope he likes me y'all. or I hope he's going to call me tomorrow or I hope this goes okay. Not that butterfly feeling. It was more so like a calming, like a safe, calm feeling like that's mine. I love him. It was not a feeling of like. I'm nervous or I'm anxious or I'm, I'm, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's just a different feeling. It's a more calming feeling. So I think what a lot of people counter that they're feeling not necessarily butterflies, but they feel they're still feeling in love with their partner. I put it that way. And so with the butterflies, with the anxious feeling, when you're being love bomb, it's going to feel like you are always waiting for like the next high. You're waiting for the next call or because they are gassing you up a whole lot. They're basically laying on a lot of compliments, always saying good things about you, always praising you, always. It's like an extreme flattery, like a lot of flattery. Not saying that flattery is bad, but when it's extreme and it's constant and it's never really you all talking about getting to know each other, it's just him telling you about you, not asking about you. That's the difference I like to say. It's him always telling telling you about you, but never really asking anything about you or getting to know you. He don't have time for that. 
he's trying to rush through that and he's trying to basically like get you excited about him get you feeling good get those endorphins going you know and when I say he here I just want to interject anybody can love bomb men or women so just want to say to use your own pronouns but majority of my followers and me also you know we're heterosexual so I'm going to say he in this because typically most of us that's what we relate to because it's been a he that has done this to us so just want to clear that up but anyway continuing on so he's going to be you know just gassing you up a whole lot like, and that's going to feel a little overwhelming, but exciting and anxious because it's like, you feel like you're almost constantly under his radar. And when someone is praising you that much, you feel like you got to always get it right so they can keep praising you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, let me, and for example, I said, I said, I would give real life examples so you can kind of understand because every time I give real life examples on my Instagram page, I've been that girl too. Uh, everyone comes out oh my god he did the same to me so let me do it here <laughs> so I remember with my ex Sebastian um my last ex if you know that I talked about him in Toxic X Chronicles John and I'm currently working on the second book that's going to be about my ex Sebastian so this just for reference for those that are new so with him I remember in the very beginning he was always just smiling at me, praising me, talking about how he liked how I dressed, talking about how beautiful I am, talking about this, just all things, nice things, good things about me. And coming from him, it made me feel really good because it was someone that I felt like never would have liked me growing up or in high school or things like that. He was like that guy, like someone like him praising me like that made me feel good. And it also made me feel nervous to keep it up. Like, I want him to always look at me that way. I don't want him to see me any other way but the way that he's saying. So, I was remember always being anxious or nervous. Like, let me make sure I don't mess this up. Because he is praising me so much. I got to make sure I always look on point. Always look good. Always, you know, when he say, come see him, go see him. You know, I got to keep the good feelings going. And so that's where the butterflies and the anxiousness comes in because it's like you're nervous and excited because you're trying to keep that feeling going. You get what I'm saying? So I hope that explains it better. So whenever you feel like that, when you feel like you almost got to put on a show, you got to keep proving yourself because you got to keep that good feeling coming from him. That's not good. That's anxiousness and butterflies versus if it's genuine, someone genuinely likes you. They're going to be asking about you, getting to know you. They're going to be basically letting it go smoothly and not a force. They may get compliments you like, oh, you look nice today. You're looking great. Or I like that about you. Things like that. You don't know because it's not excessive. And it will feel calmer. Like you will feel more so like you can be yourself. It will feel more transparent because it's like he's telling you about himself. You're asking questions about him. You're getting to know him. It's moving along slowly like it should. It's no flattery. It's not a lot of flattery. It's just him asking about you versus telling you about you when they're love bombing. And when that happens, you feel a little more at ease. Now, it's it's normal to feel anxious or nervous on the first date. If you met someone online, never met them in person, and you're on the first date, or even if you if it's the first date, period. It's, it's normal to be nervous about first date jitters. That's normal. That's normal to feel like, you know, I'm nervous about it. I'm going to like them. You know, it's it's first time meeting someone. That's that's normal. But you should not feel constantly nervous throughout getting to know them. You shouldn't feel like you have to put on a show. You shouldn't feel like that you're under a scope because they're constantly laying on the flattery. You know, you should feel like you're actually having a conversation with someone and actually getting to know them. You should feel like that they're open and feel like they're answering your questions honestly and not just trying to get back to flattering you okay that's the difference number two things move super super fast and when i say things move fast they move fast meaning he may say i love you early on my ex did sebastian did he said it like i think the first time we had sex 
if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> if I can remember clearly. He said it when we had barely gotten to know each other, barely went on any dates, and I ate it up because I wanted someone like him to love me. I didn't care if it was real or not. I'm just like, you know, whatever. This feels great. Somebody loves me that is attractive and looks good. And, you know, I didn't care about all that. So, yeah, things are going to move super fast. And unfortunately, for women like us we don't realize that too it's too late that things moved a little too fast we don't realize that looking back when we're trying to heal that things move too fast because for women like us which i'm going to get into more in the healing part of this episode we don't look at that as a red flag that it's moving too fast but i'm just going to say it anyway because if things are moving too fast that's a clear sign that they're trying to basically move in quickly to get you hooked onto them so that they can have more control over you and so that you can become dependent on them they want you dependent on them for validation self-esteem boost ego boost they want you dependent on them so that they feel like they have you that's what it really is they're really wanting to love bomb you so that you can be so hooked on them to them that feels like love getting you hooked on them but them never really loving you back because they really don't know how to they're not really even looking to love. They're just looking to be loved. So if it's moving fast, that's why. They got to get you in there. They got to be able to love bomb you and then take it away and get you hooked. So countering that with genuine interest, it's going to move at a steady pace. I'm not going to say slow because in between moving too fast and moving too slow they're steady. So it's just going to be a steady pace, a steady, like it's going to grow. Think about some st- or staircase. One step, okay, next step, next step, next step. Not just coaxing on one step because you're moving too slow and they're avoiding and afraid and all of that. And not just an elevator because you're zooming up to the top with the love bombing. In between that is a staircase and you're just moving steady. One step, next step, next step, next step, next step, next step. You know? So it's basically where you're getting to know each other. And some people may think that it's moving too slow. But you're getting to know each other. And you're getting to see if you can, if they can earn your trust. Because something that I want you to understand is that love is not earned. But trust is earned. Love is something that's just given and it's given over time once the trust has been earned. And so when you're getting to know someone, essentially what's happening is that you're earning each other's trust, meaning, is it safe for me to love you? Is it safe for me to be here with you? And so that takes time to see. It takes time for you to see consistency as well. You're not going to see consistency Off of one date. Two dates. And I want you to get in the habit. So that you're not moving too fast. Get in the habit of when you're getting to know someone. And you find yourself really liking them after one date. Say to yourself. You know. I like what I know about them so far. That's it. I like what I've learned about them today on this date. That's it. I like. You know. Be more present with it. Don't tell yourself, oh my God, he's the one. I really like him. I love him and all of that. Even if he may be the one. You still don't know that yet. You still have to take your time. I know you see those love stories where people say, oh, we met and married after the third date. You know, shit like that. Or we married after a month of meeting each other and we've been married for 10 years. I know you see that like, oh, what could have happened to me? Uh," You know, and... That's them. <laughs> don't let that don't don't let that get you all in a disarray, or don't let. Well, is that right to say that there? Anyway, moving on. I'm not gonna ponder on it. <laughs> if it ain't right, forgive me. But you know what I'm saying. Don't let that don't let them mess you up. Basically, because even still, then you still are taking the time to really see. If this, you can earn each other's trust. And you're still taking the time to see if consistency is built. You're still taking the time to see if this person is safe for you. That's what it's about. 
it's not about you proving yourself to them or them proving themselves to you, so to speak. A lot of women tend to go into dating and and whatnot trying to like impress the guy to get the guy or showing him that you know hey you can choose me that's where you go wrong at it's not about that it's about you learning if you can trust them or not and so that's how things can move slow things should not be moving fast if things are moving fast to where you feel like they're already trying to move in with you they're already saying i love you they're um, trying to spend every waking moment with you all the time with you. If you notice that and, and you know, it's moving really fast, slow it down. And that's the thing though. You may not want it to slow down because you may really, really want love and may really, really like them and be attracted to them. So that may be hard to do, but you don't want to be love bum. You don't want to end up in a toxic situation. So you got to take your time, girlfriend. That moves me into the next one. Number three. They hate boundaries. And they hate boundaries because they can't move fast. And so boundaries just slow them down. And it's important to set boundaries so that you can let them know that you have independence, that you are assertive, and that you are aware of what's going on, and you're not going to take it. You're not going to tolerate it. And one or two things will happen. If they're love bombing you and you set a boundary, they're going to get defensive. They're going to get upset. They're going to get angry. They're going to maybe even try to make you feel guilty. They're going to, it's just not going to be a good exchange. If they're love bombing you, or if they're a narcissist, or if they're toxic, versus if they are healthy and if they really have genuine interests, they're gonna care that you know about your boundaries and care that oh, I'm making her feel away. Let me slow down. They're gonna care about that. They're gonna slow down, not take offense to it. An example that I'll give is my first ex, John. He did not like boundaries very well. He took offense to boundaries and made me feel guilty when I wanted to do things without him. It was so hard. If you read the book and y'all remember some of the things that happened in there and how, I'm not going to give every example. There's so many examples in there. When I was writing, I'm like, damn, he was really, really like guilt tripping me. Like I couldn't do a damn thing without him. I couldn't hang out with my friends on the weekend. I had to try to squeeze in time with my friends or I had to sneak and do it because he always made me feel so guilty for wanting to spend any time away from him. It was like he was hoovering and he really just wanted to be, wanted me to himself basically, yeah. And because of the insecurity that he had and versus in my healthy relationship, when I first met my husband, in the beginning, um, I remember I set a boundary and I remember being nervous about it because I have been um, programmed to believe that boundaries were bad, basically. And so I remember, um, I say this part a lot, but if you're new here, I'm going to say it again. I set the boundary early on. It was like our third date and we were posing meeting for a house party. And he asked, could, you know, he be dropped off from with his friend in my house? Because at the time he didn't have a car. So he asked, could he be dropped off in my house? I was nervous about it. And I was like, I don't want to tell him no, because what if he gets mad? And and that. But I said, I'm going to say it anyway, because I'm trying to do something different. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to not end up in, I'm trying to be assertive. I remember telling myself that. So I told him no, because I didn't feel really comfortable with it. And it was nothing. It was like, he's like, okay, cool. I'll see you later. That's it. Met the party. He was sweet, still nice, kind, still liked me. It was, you know, not an issue. And that's how you know when it's healthy. When you can say you need space. When you can set a boundary. When you can do your own thing. And they not get offended. And they not try to, you know, take all your time. They respect your boundaries. That's a big, big, big one. Let's see. I'm on number four. Number four, 
you sense he has some self-esteem issues or he brags unprovoked a lot. And let me explain this one. So, the way you can tell that he may have self-esteem issues is that he brags a lot. Basically, <laughs> any man that that is very superficial and typically brags, especially unprovoked. Like, nobody asked you about how many cars you got. Nobody asked you about where you live. Nobody asked you about how much money you make. Nobody asked you any of this, but you're willingly just telling me these things. And half the time, it's a damn lie. I give an example. <laughs> Both my exes did this shit really bad. They, um, John, let's talk about him first. In the book, um, like in the first part, around the first part, um, he was bragging about, you know, we both, we met at work and he was like, oh yeah, but this ain't my only job. I didn't even ask him this when I told him like, how long you been working here too? Like, oh, but this ain't my only job. I got this and that and I do this and that. I didn't ask you that. But his self, low self-esteem was telling him that, oh, she's going to think I'm a sucker nigga and that I ain't got no money. That's what his head was probably thinking. So he already was trying to beat me to it by trying to impress me. You know, they're always going to try to impress you. And so I was like, I don't care about that. But I was felt I would feel like a little weird, like that's weird to acting like that. And he always bragging and nobody asked him. Second ex, Sebastian, he did the same thing. This man lied about having a house because he lives in an apartment in the hood. But because I really liked him, I didn't give a damn where he lives. And I didn't say that. I would just listen to him because I kind of knew in the back of my head, like, he just trying to cover up for, you know, he's just trying to, he's not being transparent. He's not being really trying to cover up who he really is because he's trying to make me make sure that I like him and make sure that, you know, he seems always like the alpha male, always like he's the shit and not lower. Because really deep down, love bombers have really low self-esteem. That's why they love bomb. They love bomb to try to get you. And they don't know how to get you with just being themselves because they're afraid to be themselves that you're not going to like who they are because they don't like who, who they are. And so with him, he, I remember I came to his apartment and he was like, yeah, I'm just here because my, um, I give him some new flooring in my house, my house being built, this and that, my house and my house. I got a house and it's being some, some. He always was talking about this house. He did not have a house, y'all. And I was just shaking my head like, you don't got to do all that. <laughs> like, but he wasn't doing it for me. He was doing it for himself, like basically, because they got low self esteem, and it's and you'll see stuff like that. You'll see them kind of bragging when no one asks them, or just always trying to act like they just shit, and it's not transparent. Versus in a healthy relationship, when when you're health when you're healthy and you're getting to know someone, they're gonna be very honest with you. Like, for example, my husband. When I met him, y'all just heard me say that he didn't have a car. He was very honest about it. He didn't try to lie, drive his parents' car or a side chick car and be like, yeah, this is my car. And I got this one and another car. You know, he didn't lie about it. He was just like, hey, I don't got it. A car, take it or leave it. He basically was himself and gave me the choice to either like him or not. That's something that a healthy person with a high dose of self-esteem will do. They're going to basically, and you want someone with high self-esteem, they're going to basically lay all of them out on the table, basically, for you to decide if you're going to take it or leave it. They're okay, a healthy person is okay with the option of you not wanting them. You know, in someone that wants to love bum you, you got to want them. You cannot not want them. That's not an option, you know, because they're going to take it up. They're going to take that blow. And they're not going to be able to handle it because essentially they really have low self-esteem. You may think, oh, they're bragging, oh, they're this and that. And, oh, they're just so smooth and they give me all these compliments. They got to have high self-esteem. No, baby, they do not. They do not. Don't let them fool you. Okay? And so, yeah, my husband was just very honest all the time, the whole time and transparent. And that was so refreshing to me. And so, honestly... I didn't really look at it as like, oh, he don't have a car and live with his parents and this and that. We were young, by the way. He was 27. I was 29. And the old me would have probably like, what? Ugh. But it was refreshing because it was transparent. 
And one big, big thing was that I never really saw him depend or rely on anyone. He never depended or asked me to drive him somewhere or take him somewhere. He never asked to borrow my car. He never asked to borrow his parents' car. He would ask them for rides to work sometimes or a co-worker and he would give them gas money. It was never like he was trying to depend on someone. He was always trying to get it himself and he got it himself and he got it right now to this day, baby. Okay? Yeah, but I'm just saying... Like, I'm not saying for you to go out there and get someone like that, especially if we almost, in our, if we're in our 30s and they're in our 40s. No, I mean, everybody falls down sometime. It's okay. And it's okay to be honest. That's a great thing. It's okay to be transparent. But you still can have your standards. So don't listen to my story. My story is a little different because that I'm not going to get off subject. Let me stop because that's another whole podcast. But basically, my story is a little different. You can go back and listen to my old podcast about how I met him. It's different because, in a nutshell, I saw the character. And the character was that he was just someone in between jobs trying to get back up there, and he did it. And I saw that that's, and I saw those signs in the beginning that that's what he was doing. He was actually working towards it, and he did it. You know, it was more so about action. That's the main difference. But anyway, let me not get off subject. So, that's the difference between the two of... Someone bragging a lot and someone just being very, very honest and transparent. Someone healthy is just going to be transparent, not going to try to cover who who they are, not going to lie about who they are, not going to brag all the time, especially not unprovoked when you ain't asked for this information, but yet here they are talking about themselves. They're not going to do that. They're not going to seem superficial. So look for that. Let's see. What number am I on? I said four. Already did it, hates boundaries. The last one can kind of go together. This is number five. He is going to be inconsistent as hell. And then the fatal moment when he discards you. And I say fatal because it, a part of you does die inside when you're discarded by someone that once loved bomb you. It's it's very heartbreaking because they can discard you and then pick you back up and you'll be there to let them pick you back up because it's like you become dependent on their love bombing. And this part is really, really hard. We're going to talk about how to heal this in a minute, so stick around for that. But yes, he will start to become inconsistent or intermittent. And intermittent behavior or intermittent reinforcement is where he like gives you a whole lot then just falls back and and then you wonder like what's going on it kind of keeps you addicted because it keeps you it keeps the goalposts moving like okay let me do something else to get him to get that love back that love on me back let me do this let me do this what do i do next it keeps you basically focused on him and how to keep him pleased it keeps you hooked on him and that's what he wants he wants all of you on him he needs, he wants to suck you dry, basically. You are like his supply. So, he got to keep the supply coming. And that's how he keeps it coming. Because he needs you for, basically, an ego boost. A self-esteem boost. He's using you. And so, he can't, well, he feels like he can't have that control over you or get you by being transparent, real, and safe. To him, safety is basically being this way, being intermittent, being inconsistent, taking it and pulling it away. To him, that feels safer because for one, he's not giving you his all. He's not pouring everything into you, so he's not losing anything. He doesn't want to lose himself even more than he already feels he doesn't have a hold of himself. So he's going to basically pour everything into you and then pull it out and keep you chasing him, keep you around because... That's how he gets you addicted. And when you have low self-esteem yourself, or even if you don't have low self-esteem, this can be confusing to anyone, honestly. Even if you have high self-esteem, this is confusing because someone that once love-bombed you and treated you like a queen, treated you like they wanted you, you know, admired you and said all these great things about you. Someone that did all of this and then suddenly pulls it away, you're going to want to stick around and figure out what can I do? What's going on? What's wrong? Can I do something different? You know, you're going to try to stick around because you're already hooked. So whether you have low, high self-esteem, whatever, if this happened to you, don't feel bad because it's it's easy to stay stuck in that and try to figure out 
what's going on. And so, they're going to be inconsistent and intermittent. And then eventually, once they grow tired of you, I guess, so to speak, that's when they discard you. And the discard phase is going to feel like, basically, you ain't shit to them all of a sudden. One one day, you were everything to them, beautiful, all that. The next day, you're an ugly, fat whore. You know, they say stuff like that. And it's very hurtful. And it's confusing. And it's like they're trying to make you feel how they feel deep down inside about themselves. They like seeing that they have control of your emotions like that. To them, that is safety to see that they have. To them, that's safety. And to them, that's like a sense of love. Because they feel like it's a twisted sense of love. Don't get me wrong. It's not love. It's a twisted sense of it. It's the only way to know how to get it. And it's probably because they had a bad upbringing in childhood themselves. And so they don't understand what love is for real. And so to them, they have to basically use you up and suck you dry and then discard you when they feel like, you know, they had enough of you. They've gotten enough of you. They don't need any more of you. And the discard phase to them makes them feel more powerful because it's like, you know, I can pick her up and drop her whenever I feel like it. And so they do it. And then they do it to also see the emotional outbursts from you. To see, you know, you acting crazy over them. And it's like, I felt like my ex did that. Sebastian did that a lot because it was like an ego struck to him to see me crying over him. To see me going crazy over him. To see me begging him. To see me, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, she loved me because she's going crazy right now. So I got her feelings in check. So yeah, yeah, you know. I got her jealous. You know, they like to try to make you jealous, too. That's another thing I left out. And so, yeah, they want to see that emotional outburst come out of you. They want to see that it, reactive abuse. It's reactive abuse, basically. Like, they're emotionally getting to you. And so, you're going to react emotionally as well. May even lash out, argue, all of that. To them, that's like, okay, yeah, I got her. She loves me because she's doing this. It's so twisted, but that's why they discard you. Sometimes when they discard you, they'll love bomb you again when they decide they want to pick you back up, but don't let them, you know? And this is a cycle that's hard to break. So, I get it. I get it. And I'm thinking about my discard phase, and it, it was, man... The discard, I didn't have a discard phase with John because I discarded him because it, I was just getting tired of the up and down. And I was ready to move on to Sebastian, to be honest. Um, <laughs> that's one big part. But anyway, on the real tip, like when the discard phase happened with Sebastian, I'm going to talk about it more in the second book that I'm working on. Man, I was, it's bringing back memories. And it's it was so, so so hard to be discarded by someone like him that really seemed to to want me and to really seem to you know I never felt like that about someone before and for someone to discard me like I was nothing it's it's hurtful but I'm gonna talk about how to heal from that because I did and you can too but before we get into the healing part let me see. Oh, should I? Should I change the order up? Let's see. The next one was going to be how you can avoid it and prevent it. That's what I want to get into next. So, next part. How can you avoid being love bum and how can you prevent it? It's fairly simple, but you got to have some key things in place. The key thing that you got to have in place is high self-worth, high self-esteem, confidence. And the reason why I say you got to have all those things is because it will help you to avoid men that love bum, basically. So, preventing it, I'm going to get into it. It's basically, first, avoiding men that aren't transparent. Avoiding anyone that seems to be superficial or cover up who they really are avoid people like that because if you want a real relationship a healthy relationship there has to be a real genuine connection and a real genuine vulnerable connection cannot happen unless someone is honest about who they are and transparent remember that another one men that seem to want to rush you avoid it it's not cute 
It's not love. It's not real. Anyone that's trying to rush you into a commitment, rush you into a relationship, rush you into moving in, rush you into doing anything, rushing you. Nope, don't do it. Turn off. Be turned off. Know that they playing games. Basically, take yourself, okay, they trying to play with games with me. Another one. Um, Men that only seem interested in you physically. Meaning that whenever you post something like a, a sexy picture on Instagram or a new picture where you're looking good on Instagram. All of a sudden they in your DM. But they want to stun you before all these other times. All of a sudden they in your DM saying you look good, this and that. Yeah, I want to take you out. So now you want to take me out because I'm posting something sexy. Okay, but at first when I was posting these real ass quotes over here. Or I was posting um, other shit. You know, you know, things like that. You want to stun me or y'all to stun me because I look good? Okay, yeah, no. Now, don't get me wrong. A man is going to want you because you're attractive. They want attractive women. There's nothing wrong with that. But they cannot be the only thing that he's interested in. He can't be only interested, interested in how you look on the outside or, you know, how good you look or anything like that. Superficial, like I said. No, avoid it at all costs. Now, this may feel good to you because maybe you're looking for outside validation, which we're going to get into. So, if you're looking for outside validation, you may be trying to post thirst traps. And be honest with yourself about this here. If you know you're only posting thirst traps because you're trying to get the attention, you're trying to get them in your inbox and your DMs, trying to get them, trying to get attention, all of it to get them to talk to you. And then they do and then you win them over. No, stop it. Unless you're doing it because you just want to play games with them too. And you ain't and you ain't want the real love either. <laughs> That's another story though. So, avoid men that are only interested in you physically. If you want something healthy and real. If they're superficial and bragging a lot. Avoid, avoid, avoid. And you can even prevent it. It's, if they seem to be superficial and bragging a lot. It's like you can stop them and say... You know, it's okay that you don't have that house. Like, I wish I would have told Sebastian, like, it's okay if you don't really have that house. I know you don't. It's okay if you just live here. I still like you anyway. Like, sometimes I wish I would have said that. I don't think it would have made a difference, but sometimes I still be like, I should have said something. But I was afraid to kind of bust his bubble because it seemed like to be his thing to keep him feeling good about himself. So I was afraid to bust that bubble. But that's one way you can prevent it as well is call it out. Like, I see what you're doing and it's okay. You don't got to do all that, you know? And let's see, avoid people that get offended by your boundaries, take that as a red flag that you can't, you know, maneuver your life for yourself because they're just like getting defensive over your boundaries, taking them personally, and then they seem less interested in you because you have boundaries because they can't rush you. Avoid people like that. Avoid people that don't have empathy. If he doesn't have any kind of empathy, like they can be superficial as hell. Buy you nice gifts, do nice things for you, take you on nice dates. When it comes to talk about, like, empathize with you about something or, um, you, or they shoot you down, shoot your feelings down. Yeah, avoid people like that. That's not cute. It's not okay. Don't try to like, well, they do do nice things for me. No. What really, really matters is how they make you feel. Okay? Avoid that. Let's get into the self-work. You got to work on your self-esteem, girlfriends. You got to work on your self-validation so you'll become dependent on them for their love and their love bombing of showers of praise and attention. You have to work on you. You have to get you to a point to where you validate yourself and to where your own opinion of yourself is enough. And I have a podcast on that before this one that talks about being enough. Check it out. You have to get to that place to where... You feel damn good about yourself. So that anyone else come along trying to gas you up. It come in one ear after the other. And you're like, okay, I, I know I'm the shit. I know I look good. I know I got it going on. What else? Do you want to know something else about me? What What else do you want to know about me? Is There's more to me than how I look. Or, you know, you coming in like, okay, yes, I know. And you have this attitude of you know about yourself because i'm telling you men can sense this shit out they can sense women with low self-esteem from a mile away when they got a plan and they'll even do little tests to see how you are with your self-esteem so you gotta be on it from day one so that's why i say you gotta work on your self-esteem and confidence on your own then date so that you're not using dating and men it's like a 
self-esteem boost or validation boost because if you're using dating and men for that you're going to always find yourself being love bomb you're going to always find yourself being heartbroken because you're going in with your feelings on your sleeve because you need them to validate you you need them to love you you need them to want you because you need them to make you feel good about you so when you're going in with that mindset you're going to always come out hurt because it's going to always be a traumatic experience okay that's why it's so important to work on your confidence your self-esteem, your self-worth alone, okay? Work through that. And so once you work through that, you will find that when you date, you're not falling for sweet talk. You're not even, like, narcissists are not even attracted to you because they don't know how to approach you and they're afraid to, basically. Meaning, it's like, once you they can sense that you're not phased by their little sweet talk, you're not phased by their superficialness, they're not, you're not phased by, you know, um, surface level shit. When they see you're not phased by that, they're not going to approach you because then they know they have to come with their A game and that it's going to have to get deep for them to get close to you and they don't want that. So they're going to notice that and see that. And so when you have really high self-esteem, you'll understand that you may not be getting approached as much as you used to because they don't know how to approach you no more. And it's going to take time for you to find someone healthy that's going to approach you the right way. So when you have the high self-esteem and you're not using dating, it's like a tool to make you feel good about yourself. You'll realize that a lot of the guys that was once into you will kind of fall back. You're going to realize your DMs are empty. You're going to realize that no one's checking for you. You're going to realize your texts are dry. And you're going to be like, well, what's wrong? It's because you got some standards, girlfriend. It's because you now feel damn good about yourself. So not just anyone is going to approach you because they see they can't get through to you that easily. And it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying you put a wall up. It's not about that. It's not about blocking out things. It's about that you now validate yourself and you're not dating for that purpose. You're dating for the purpose of really, really getting deep and vulnerable and transparent with someone and getting to know the real someone. You're getting to that point and not everybody's ready for that. And so once you build all of that up and you be really clear about your standards, what you want, you're clear about what love is for you, what you want in a loving relationship and a healthy relationship, when you're clear on that, you ain't falling for it. You preventing the love bomb. You prevent it before it even start. You preventing the narcissist from even coming to you because you are on your A game. You got it. You know you're all together. And this can be a little lonely. I ain't gonna lie. It's lonely at first, but once you realize that it's more peaceful, you're not trying to heal from toxic ass relationships no more. You realize it's for the better. And let's say that when you do start dating. And someone tries you anyway because you have high self-esteem. You can have high self-worth. But if you've never really ran into someone that love bombs you, you won't notice it. And not only that, y'all. Sometimes love bombers can be very, very slick. Like, it can be love bombing, but then again, it can be like, like they're being good with it too and being consistent. In the beginning. And even for they can love bump for like the first month or two. Sometimes it can go a little longer before the mask comes off. And it's easy for anyone to fall for that. So that's something I want to be clear as well. So if this is you, that does happen. You can still prevent it. Like say if you feel like they're trying to be in a relationship very soon. And you're still trying to see if you like them. You know, you feel consistency hasn't been built enough. You don't feel the trust is really earned. You're just not really ready. You can point it out to them. Like, don't let anybody rush you into a relationship no matter what. Don't let back. And don't let them rush you. That's the main thing is that you got to have your own set standard of how you want it to go in the pace and what you feel comfortable with. And so you still can dodge that bullet by doing that. And, and it's not only that, and say if you're in it and, you know, like I said, you have, you've worked on yourself, you have the confidence and you still slip up in it some kind of way. It still happens. And you notice that, that you're being kind of love bomb. I feel like you should be detached 
that's one way to really, really, really prevent it, no matter who you are, is to be detached in the beginning. And not detached to where you don't want to get close or you don't want to grow or you don't want to get to know someone, you don't want to be vulnerable. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that if you're not in a commitment, detached dating it is. You're still basically staying grounded. You're still keeping it on a I'm getting to know you basis. You're still keeping it like you're just not rushing it. You're not rushing your feelings. You're not doing any of that. And for some, if having sex too soon causes you to get attached, don't. That's something that you're going to have to become disciplined in. But if you know that you don't get attached during sex, I'm one of them people. I don't. I didn't get attached after having sex. To me, sex was something that I needed to understand if we were sexually compatible or not. And so I didn't let feelings get tied to that. So it was something that was important to me. So once I got comfortable enough with you then that's where we were going to see if that's also a good part of the relationship okay but that's just me that's another topic I actually want to talk about that more but that's another topic so yeah I'm saying is that you are detached because you're just trying to make sure this is right you're just letting it slowly build slowly grow and then once it gets to commitment slowly if you feel that it's ready then that's when you're ready as well and let's say if you did everything right, you did all of that, but he still love bombed you. Because one thing about it, a love bomber that wants to love bomb you is going to do it. And then sometimes I can be very sneaky with it. So let's talk about the healing part and how to not fall for it again and how to heal from it. And like, and when I say heal from it, I mean how to build your confidence and self-esteem back up and how to move past the fact that someone basically maybe manipulated you or played you or tricked you because that can be hard to move past because then you start trying to figure out how to not not see this but you won't see it all the time that's that's the number one thing i want to state is that you will not see it coming all the time and you cannot blame yourself for someone having ulterior motives and wanting to manipulate you you cannot blame yourself for that at all don't blame yourself for having a genuine heart and wanting a genuine connection and wanting something real and thinking you have something real because someone really fooled you into thinking that. Don't blame yourself for that. You know, blame they ass. <laughs> They're the ones that did the betrayal. They're the ones that ain't shit for that. Blame them for, for, for it. Don't take that on as something that you should have saw coming or you should have saw happening. It don't work like that all the time. So forgive yourself. Self-forgiveness is very, very important here in the healing part. And so another important part of the healing process after being love bombed is understanding that it wasn't you that was really unworthy of the real love and care. It's just that he was the one that was unable to be true and to get you on his own without having to love bomb you. So you have to, after you get to the point of healing if you have low self-esteem or low confidence issues, getting to that part and healing that, you also have to look at it from the angle of, okay, so what is wrong with them to have want to trick me this way? Like, why would someone want to do that to me? It's obviously something wrong with them. And so it's not necessarily because you were unworthy. It's just that they found a way to get in and target you. And that's not to say that you did something wrong or that you're unworthy or that you should have started coming or that it's your fault. It's just to say that they were manipulative and you have to look at it that way and stop looking at it. It's like, you're the bad guy for it. You're the bad guy for falling. And so you also have to look at it is that there was nothing else that you could have done to get that man that loved on you in the beginning back. Meaning, in the beginning, it was all roses and all great. And so you stuck around because you were hoping it was going to, you know, get good again. And so you were trying everything to get it good again. But there was no, there's nothing that you could do to get that back. The potential you saw was not really potential. It was potential you created off the hope that maybe they would change one day. Or maybe that you would get that love bomber back that they were in the beginning. But they were never really that. That was just their facade. That was just their representative, um, shall we say. Their representative is who you fell for. Because they didn't want you to get to know the real them. And so, 
you were never going to get that person back. It was never going to be anything real. And it's nothing you could have done for that to happen. And so you have to get really, really real with yourself here. In the healing phase, what really worked for me is getting really, really real. Coming back to reality about things. And taking down the dream guy that I had built in my head. Taking down the, you know... Just taking the love bombing away and taking all the good things he was in the beginning away and really seeing him for who he really was, which was a man with low self-esteem himself, a man that didn't have any other way to get anyone to want him and love him, a man that was afraid of love, a man that had trust issues, a man that had a lot of trauma. You know, I really looked at him for who he was for real. And a man like that was never going to be able to love me fully because of all the issues he had. And to get even more realer, that man was really a reflection of you as well. If you have the low self-esteem, even if you feel like you didn't really have low self-esteem, a part of that was a reflection of you in some kind of way. Because, you know, I wouldn't say that we attract who we are, but we attract who we are ready for. We attract who we are being at that moment. Or we attract our wounds, I would even say. Our things that we haven't really worked on. Or we attract our reflections, our mirrors, you know. And a lot of the things that the love bombers do and how and what makes them do how they do, I had a lot in common with them. And it's, you know, essentially both parties have low self-esteem. Or both parties even really just want love. You can have high self-esteem but really have this need to really want love and really be desperate for it or anxious for it, I would say. Or really be, or because you're really in a hurry to get it because you want it so bad. And if you have that quality about you, that means you're not really, that means you're going out into the dating because, and not with a clear, conscious mind. Because you're going in with this mindset of what you really, really want. Or you even have really low self-esteem. And you're trying to use dating as an ego boost. Kind of like them. But you're just doing it in in a non... You're just doing it in a different way, I would say. And so it's important to heal that part of you. That made you feel that way about love and wanting love. Whatever it is, it's important to heal the low self-esteem, the the low confidence. It's important to heal all of those things so that you won't fall for it again. So that you will be more mindful about it. So that you will be more conscious about dating and not going in with your representative. Because really, it's both of you being your representative. Even though you want something for real, for you to get it. Because you're really, really wanting it to come quickly. You're really wanting it badly. You're going to have to put up some sort of representative. Because you're trying to make this person choose you. Trying to make this person stay. You're trying to. You may be a little less assertive. Because you're afraid of running them away. So you're not going to be very assertive about what you want. Boundaries. You're not. You know. You're going to be kind of toned down. You're kind of not really bringing your real true self either. Because of that fear that you may be abandoned or not get them or it may not work and you really need this to work. And so you have to heal that little component of you. That little part of you that really, really needs love. That really, really wants love. It's okay to want it. But that part of you that feels almost desperate for it. Almost like you're needing it for a a validation boost. A self-esteem boost. Whatever is making you feel that way. Get to the root of it. Why are you feeling that way? Ask yourself why... Do you need this so bad to where you have to settle to, or to where you have to, you know, fall for the love bombing? Get to the root of that. And that's how you heal it. And once you really heal yourself and develop yourself, you'll find that you're not quick to fall for the love bombing. You'll find yourself being turned off by anyone that wants to rush. You'll find yourself being turned off by guys that only are into you and your physical beauty and only complimenting you and that's it and not really getting to know you. You'll find yourself being turned off by these things because you are not there anymore. You're not in that space anymore. You are consciously aware of what you want and you're not phased by that. You are more so wanting something different and you know how that's going to go. So you're just like, you know, whatever to that. So once you heal that part of you that once needed it, you will be able to prevent it. I promise you, I guarantee it. Okay, I guarantee it. Because I got there. 
And it's like, once you hit rock bottom, I guess, and you get so low, and you can't help but to start doing a little work on yourself, trying to figure out how to not get to that place no more, trying to figure out where you went wrong. At least for me. At least for me. I will say for some, I think what they started to do is go to therapy once they realized what was going on. Because some people need help with it, and it's okay. Um, I don't know. I just kind of really worked on myself because, I don't know, I guess that was, that's just what I'm blessed with. I feel like that's my God-given talent. It's been able to have the wisdom to work on myself, be self-aware, work through things in some kind of way, understand how to do the healing and do it, and always healing. That's just That's just what I was blessed with. That's why I do what I do. I'm not saying I'm just above therapy and never need it. I have gone in the past for um, work stress and other things in my life. So I have gone before and I will go again. It's just that a big part of my healing came from me. It did. And so that's why I'm sharing the wealth. Because you can be a self-healer and use this while you're going through therapy. Because it's one thing to go to therapy and then not really do the work. So I kind of help. I'm kind of like a component. I kind of like, you know, help with that. And I do also do one-on-one mindset and intuitive coaching to basically help you through things like this. If you've been love bomb or you keep being love bomb or you feel like you have low self-esteem, don't understand why, where it's coming from, what to do about it. I've been there. And I use a technique of mindset and intuitive coaching because it's like I'm basically relating to you. First of all, we're relating and I may even throw in some of my own stories, but I'm listening to you basically about you yourself and what you need and where you've been and where you come from. And I'm actually, I'm basically asking you your questions that I ask myself. I'm asking the questions that you're supposed to ask yourself. And that's how it works. It's like you're trying to figure yourself out by getting to the root of things by asking yourself these important questions and answering them. Instead of wondering why he doesn't want me, why he did this to me, why is he treating me like this, why did he hurt me? Instead of you focusing so much on the hurt and all of that, you're focusing more so on the lessons and the healing. That's how you move past the hurt. That's how you heal. You can't, If you sit there trying to figure out why he love bombs you, why he did this to you, why he didn't change, why he the way he is, you know, why is he this and that, he's the problem, he the one that fucked up. If you're doing all of that, you're going to stay stuck, you're going to stay a victim, you're going to not heal, you're going to go into the next relationship doing the same thing. You're going to go to the dating world doing the same thing because you were more so trying to focus on them and what they did wrong instead of looking at yourself to see, okay, so what about me? Can I heal? What can I develop? What made me fall for him? What made me even want someone like that? What made me stay like that? Well, how did I fall for love bombing? Instead of asking yourself these questions, like how can I not fall for this again? You're taking the lessons out of it. So that's mainly what the healing um, consists of is understanding your why so that you won't fall for that shit again okay it can work i promise you so that's all i really got for this podcast episode um some bonuses may be on my patreon which is patreon.com forward slash i've been that girl links are below books links are below um everything's in the description always but yeah, I think I want to talk a little bit more about the healing part. If I can think, if I have some things, because I feel like I'm missing some things. I always feel like that. But even if it's not a bonus one that goes with this, I always at least post once a week on there. I try to about anything that comes to me and I think of. So yeah. But that's all I got for this podcast episode, girlfriends. Thank you so much for listening. And to the next podcast episode, peace out.